Hi, welcome to episode 581 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott. And you know what would cheer me up right now? A Pepsi from a Kardashian. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four. Starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four 581 from September 2010. When Everything's Lost, The Battle is Won by Jonathan Hickman and Neil Edwards. And we start with the adult Franklin Richards from issue uh, 576. And so he's from the future... And he's got some hipster beard and a ponytail. So clearly, it's a future not unlike our own. A cold, bleak future filled with hopelessness and despair. So Franklin is falling through time. And this seems to be taking place right after we saw him interacting with the young Franklin in issue 576. He lands in this white room where his sister, the adult Valeria, is waiting. He said he took care of things and she replies that he better be sure. They're interrupted by another figure, an older man, who says, We are committed now. From here we go onward, and boldly. Fear and doubt are for others, my children, not Richards's. And we see this is Nathaniel Richards, Reed's dad, and their granddad, who is still bearded, but looks a lot younger, not gray-haired, like the one we first saw during the burn run, or the one who hung out all the time during the DeFalco Ryan years. But with time travel involved, I guess this is Nathaniel Richards before we saw him in those earlier issues. He says, they have to hurry, time is working against them. It seems their plan is to somehow fix the past. You know, let me guess. There's this game show host back in the year 2010 who got his hands on an almanac from the future and he's using it to make himself the most powerful man in the world. And whenever he says things like, I hear things and people are saying, it's stuff that he read in that almanac. Of course, it's not really an almanac. It's one of those Bill O'Reilly historical novels filled with alternate facts called Killing Obama. So Valeria teleports away and Franklin's hand is glowing and Grandpa asks, what Franklin is doing. And he says that while Nathaniel and Valeria are away, he's going to build a self-sustaining pocket reality right there as a platform for when they're done as an escape hatch. Nathaniel says, This is not how you should be spending your time, son. And Franklin replies, It's not your decision to make, old man. I like that. Now that is how you talk to old people. So back in the past, years ago, at State University. I love the gall of State University. There's a lot of other colleges like Florida State University, Ohio State University, North Carolina State University. There's just about one in every state. But this State University has the gall to just call itself State University, without even mentioning which state. So it's back when Reed was in college. Which is fun to play with the sliding time scale of the Marvel Universe. We'll say that when this book first started in the 1960s, it seemed that Reed probably had gone to college in the 1940s. 
But when we move up that time scale to the year 2010, Reed would have gone to college probably in the 1990s. It's funny now that I think about it, Reed started out as a member of the Greatest Generation, and then he became a member of the Silent Generation, then he became a baby boomer, and now he's a Generation Xer. I guess the next time we see him when the book, when the Fantastic Four comes back, he'll be a millennial. So we go back to the 1990s when Reed is in college. There seems to be a lot of people in suits and ties and sweaters. I went to college in the 1990s. No one was wearing a suit and tie to, co to class or a sweater for that matter. Uh, despite the sliding time scale, Neil Edwards has kind of made it look like this could this could be taking place in the 1940s. We've landed in the, middle, in the middle of a moral philosophy ethics 201 class. Is that really a class? Sounds like one of those University of North Carolina made up classes for football players. Moral philosophy ethics 201. The professor asks a question, what is right? For some reason, no one speaks up and says that it's the opposite of left. A young Reed Richards has an answer. Right is an action that serves the best interest within someone's sphere of influence, starting with being true to oneself and progressively expanding outward, sequentially asking, is this the best for my family? Then is it the best for my friends? Then for my community? Until arriving at, is this the best for mankind? Gee, I think I can see why Dr. Doom hates this guy. The professor likes the, likes the answer, but another student doesn't care too much for the answer. Want to take a guess who that is? Well, yes, it's a young Victor Von Doom, who stands up and says that it's a flawed philosophy dependent on the assumption that all individuals merit equality. I guess this could either be a young Victor Von Doom or a young House Speaker Paul Ryan. The professor says, that's a surprising position in this day and age, Mr. Von Doom. Reed says, it's arrogant. It's the answer of an aristocrat. You think you're better than everyone else, don't you, Victor? Reed asks. In here? Absolutely, Doom replies. You know, the professor may not like that, but after that show of confidence, Victor is going to get so much tail. Later, after class, Reed meets with his best friend, a young Ben Grimm, who asks what Reed's weekend plans are, and Reed says he's got some new ideas to try out in the lab. As they head up to their dorm room, Ben mentions these parties that he knows about that they should go to. So they get to the room, they open the door, there's this crackle of energy, and Reed's dad teleports into the room. Reed runs over and gives him a hug, and then he introduces his father to Ben Grimm, and his dad says he has a problem. Something happened. There was an event, which he now describes, and I have to describe him describing. Nathaniel had to stop a man who had a mechanical engine inside him, a quantum power source, which was damaged and could blow up. But he failed. It blew up as Nathaniel was touching it, and he became a conduit for the released energy which changed the way he lived, he became possibly immortal, which is why he hasn't aged since Reed saw him last. Even though we have seen him when he's older, 
So maybe this is a different Nathaniel Richards from another timeline than the one that we've seen before. He says that he gained control over time itself and can jump from one era to another. I guess, using that quantum energy, he could even leap from life to life, putting things right that once went wrong. He says that every Nathaniel of every existence was pulled into this one reality and sent some 600,000 years into the future. That sounds groovy. I would love to be sent to the distant future with thousands of copies of the person I love the most, me. Oh, we'd have so much fun. Would it be considered masturbation or something else if me and... I think I better not finish that thought. He says, at this time, Earth was, or will be, supervised by a being called Immortus, who was empowered, I mean, will be empowered, by the Time Variance Authority to police space-time events and to handle potentially risky situations, such as a bunch of versions of one person ending up in the same universe at once. Yeah, that got his attention. Now, Immortus has an easy, or will have, an easy solution. Want to take a guess? You would think sending them all back to their own timeline uh, would be the optimal uh, solution, but nope. His solution is to kill them all. So the Nathaniel Richardses prepared to fight each other for their lives. There was one suggestion by Immortus that he would let one of them live, but they had to choose which one. Well, as you can imagine, this, not go, this, this did not go over very well with the Richardses. It became like the worst Hunger Games ever, with all the Nathaniel Richardses killing each other, hoping to, be, hoping to be the last one standing. So now there is two Nathaniel Richardses left after all this time. This one and another one. And this one seems to be like he's ready for death. Reed says he's not going to let his dad be killed. He thinks he knows someone who can help. Gee, I wonder who that could be. As a college student, who does Reed know? Ben, of course. Alyssa Moy, I think, she, he, I think he knows her now. Or was that after college? He knows Sue Storm, but at this point she's like 10 years old. Ah, so turn the page. It's Victor Von Doom. He's gone to Victor to ask for help. Well, uh, Vic loves seeing Reed grovel for help. The only problem is, with this retcon, Doom has never mentioned this before in the previous 580 issues. Remember the time you came to me back at State University begging for help? Nope, he never said that before. So Doom's idea involves putting Ben Grimm in a big, bulky exoskeleton, and the helmet even has a big, thing-like brow on it. That's a little too on the nose, isn't it? Ben even says, I could get used to this. Ugh. Reed asks Doom where he got that nuclear power source. And Doom replies that last fall, he had lunch with Oppenheimer, who died in 1967. So clearly, Hickman is treating Reed and Doom's college years like they really did take place in the 1940s and not the 1990s. Screw the sliding timeline. And then Victor puts on another metal mask that looks awfully a lot like his future Doctor Doom mask and says the mask will help him read minds which is how he pulled those nuclear secrets from uh, Bobby Oppenheimer. Plus, the mask allows him to control minds 
and bend them to his will. Oh, come on. Clearly, this has to be an alternate timeline and not the actual past. It's too much. Nathaniel opens up a portal and says, it's time to go. Back at the Baxter building in the present, an alarm goes off saying, time quake, condition red. And a portal opens up in the kitchen while Sue is making some tea. And then the Valeria from the future appears and Sue asks what she wants and then force field slams her into the wall. Valeria says, if you don't mind, mom, do you think I could have some of that tea you're making first? Sue seems surprised. I don't know why. Franklin from the future has popped up over and over and over again. It was only a matter of time before adult Val from the future popped up as well. So back in the future, Nathaniel, Ben, Reed, and Victor arrive in Chronopolis, home of either Amortis or the other Nathaniel Richards. They don't say. But they do see a large fortress in the distance. But the other Nathaniel shows up rather quickly and he says, And now, let the great hunt come to a close. I'm not sure why Reed has taken sides in this. Why does it matter to him which version of his father lives? And how does he even know that the Nathaniel who came to him in the past is really the Nathaniel from his timeline? And I still don't think this Reed and Victor are from the normal timeline either. I dislike the fact that Doom had such advanced technology, even in college, including a thing-like exoskeleton for Ben, and a Doctor Doom-style mask for himself. It's too retconny, and I don't like that. But that's the end of the issue. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. In a few weeks, I will get time to realize it's right before my eyes and I can take it if it's what I want to do. I am leaving.